What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Um, Before we get started on today's episode, shameless plug, we have two other shows, Speaking of Murders and Unsolved Mayhem. Make sure you're checking those out. Sarah's going to be telling us our missing person case today, and I have no idea. We didn't talk about it at all before we started recording. Who are we talking about? Are they in the U.S.? Yes. Okay. So who are we talking about? Today we're going to talk about a young girl named Cassie Compton. She was born December 4th, 1998. Her parents were Judy Compton Kimsey and Roy Compton, who were not together when all of this took place. At the time of her disappearance, she was living with her mom and her mom's fiancé, Brandon Lee Rhodes, in Stuttgart, Arkansas. That's what I'm going to go with. She had four siblings, but they were living in Kingston, Oklahoma, which is where her father lived. Cassie was 15 years old and being homeschooled. She had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 13 and absolutely hated taking her medication. She didn't like the way it made her feel, so she would secretly flush it down the toilet when her mom wasn't looking. I feel like that's pretty average for yeah. any teenager. Well, uh, really, any like person. Any, yeah, because. Don't really like taking those kinds of meds. Because they make you feel like a totally different person. Well, that's kind of their job. I know, but some people don't want to be a totally different person. She went missing like a few days after seeing her doctor. On September 13th, 2014, at 1.30 p.m., a friend of Cassie's named Hunter Snyder picked her up from her house. They went and spent the day with Hunter's family at a demolition derby in DeWitt, Arkansas. And then she spent the night at his house, which apparently was a common thing. She stayed at his house a lot. Like she was, his parents pretty much said she was like their extra child. Gotcha. Because they were always together. And his mom would later say it was because she didn't like her mom's fiance. Gotcha. Cassie then spent most of the next day with the Snyders before Hunter and another family member drove her back to her house on 15th Street on September 14th at around like 6.05 p.m. Hunter's mom, Tracy, would later say that During this time, during this visit, she was at their house. She was unusually quiet. They said she was usually very, like, happy and bubbly and very helpful and 
but this time she seemed kind of down. When Hunter dropped her off, he said that Brandon was in the driveway and that Cassie walked past him into the house and neither of them spoke to each other. When Cassie went inside, she found her mom was sick in bed. Then between 8 or 8, between 6.25 p.m. and 7 p.m., she left her mom's house, only taking with her her black LG smartphone. Now, there are two accounts of what happened when Cassie got home that night. Her mom, Judy, said that she was sick in bed when Cassie got home and Brandon was cooking dinner. At some point, Cassie told her she was running to the store to grab some things. She said once Cassie left, Brandon brought her dinner in bed, and then she went to sleep. Brandon told a totally different story. He said he went to buy cigarettes at the same time Cassie texted Judy saying that she was also going to buy cigarettes. Remember, she's 15. But, I mean, it is Arkansas. Uh, I don't think that that matters. I mean... This was in what year? Well, yeah, it's in 2014. I was going to say I used to be able to buy cigarettes at 14. but Yeah, but not in 2014. 2014 exactly. Yeah. It, that was like in the 90s. Yeah, that's just kind of weird, though. Yeah, that was... Back then, well, it no, was it send was like your kid the to the store 90s. with a note and a 10 and like... Yeah. My mom said I need okay, two packs of uh, Edgefields. <laughs> I'm not that old. Those right. cigarettes aren't even that old. Yeah, okay, like, that brand. I was stay out and the mom stays out in the car and run in and give me a Sorry. pack of cigarettes. I meant Paul Mall's mom told me I needed to get her two packs of Paul Mall's. Yes. Um, 100. <laughs> Lights. Ew. We're not that old. <laughs> okay. Because I was 16 in 2000, right? I don't know. Where Are you asking me or telling me? <laughs> yes, I'm asking because I, maybe I am that old. I don't know. You're 10 years older than me, and I was born in 93, so We moved go. here yeah, when, I was, when I was 16. When I was 7. When I, I turned 7. I would have been turning 17. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah. Okay. I got it. Anyway, Brandon said he took Judy's car... For his errand, despite not having a driver's license, and that he was gone from the house for a couple hours to, to buy get cigarettes. cigarettes. Yeah, where was this gas station? He claimed when he got home, he went into the bathroom to vomit, and was there for over an hour. Sounds like he went and picked up crack cocaine. <laughs> well, or meth. remember, her mom was sick. So maybe he got sick. Not after spending three hours out of the house getting cigarettes. You were doing something else. Super sketch. Maybe instead of walking, he chose to tumble. And so he just rolled all the way to the gas station, all the way back. It took him a while and also made him dizzy. Well, it said he he took took the car. car. He took the car. And tumbled in the car. (laughs) He stopped for quick dance breaks, gymnastics, pauses, etc. Yep, that is exactly what he did, Bobby. At murder. All right. Well, Cassie did text Hunter between 7 and 7.45 telling him she was going to buy cigarettes. So that story kind of checks out. She was going to buy cigarettes, supposedly. I feel feel like that's the only part of the story that could possibly check out. 
This is believed to be the last contact anyone had with Cassie since she disappeared. At 9.14 p.m., Brandon made his first of three phone calls to the Snyder home to see if Cassie was there. Tracy thought this was weird since Brandon had seen Cassie walk into the house. Right. It's, they didn't, it's not like they lived like super close to each other. Now, Cassie was known to walk to a lot of places in this town, but he called the Snyder home like multiple times to see if she was there. After the third phone call, Tracy told Brandon to report Cassie missing. He would later say that he rode his bike to the police station to report her missing and was told he had to wait 72 hours. But this is absolutely not verified. I thought it was only 48 anyway. It's actually zero. Well, I know that, but I'm saying the time, even if it was, you had a waiting period, isn't it just two days? Yeah. When Judy woke up and discovered her daughter was not home later that night, she started calling Cassie's friends. But no one had seen her. And again, there are conflicting reports on who actually reported Cassie missing. Some articles say it was Judy and others say it was Tracy. In an interview that I listened to, Tracy said that she called the police station to see if Brandon had reported Cassie missing and was told no. So she did it. I mean, that makes sense. That's believable. Either way, the Stuttgart police believed Cassie was a runaway at first, because she's 15, so no Amber Alert was issued. All they really did was notify the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and filed a report, and they reached out to her family in Oklahoma to see if she was there somehow. So pretty much they did, like, the bare minimum to see if maybe she got a ride to Oklahoma. At some point, though, and literally, I mean, I don't know when this happened. She went missing in September, like middle of September, and by the beginning of October, the police changed their minds and no longer believed she was just another runaway. And they actually requested assistance from the Arkansas State Police and the FBI to get involved. But nobody knows what changed their mind. Police seized Judy and Brandon's phones. They searched Judy's car and they took items of interest from Cassie's bedroom. In October, the police and volunteers like put together searches to try to look for her. They searched the airport because Cassie's cell phone had pinged from that location that night. They searched areas within a one-mile block radius of the family's home, and they searched the town cemetery after rumors arose that Brandon was loitering in the area and asking about the traffic that drove by on a daily basis. Why would you need to know that? Exactly. I don't think the dead much care. They also searched the banks of nearby reservoirs as well as, like, the local dump. Right. The FBI and the 
Stugart police and Fish and Game actually combed the railroad tracks behind a manufacturing company. And there was like a wooded area there. All of this was like two blocks from 15th Street where her mom's house was. They did this based on a theory that Cassie's remains were likely transported by someone. And by someone, they possibly believed Brandon on his bicycle. Yeah, Does they have a basket on the bicycle? I don't know, but I'm assuming because it was only like two blocks away, people had seen him on his bicycle Bicycle with something weird. Shut up, Shauna. Bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just don't see anyone transporting human remains on a bicycle for <laughs> any l- distance. I mean, it's not like they can stand on the pegs, you know? Well, hold on. I was thinking, but you could throw someone on this bicycle's handlebars. Yeah. Like, bent over. Or even, like, butt over the handlebars, you know, like, they're, they're they're, like, laid back on your chest. Yeah. You know? Or people say that Brandon was riding the bicycle, but really, he, he was just walking it with... Yeah, someone laid over it. Yeah. Possibly... Or I mean, she was not whole, and he was transporting. See, I was thinking that too. He was transporting pieces. Okay, on October fourth, about fifteen miles from Casco, below a bridge, potential items of interest were found, and no one really knows why the they thought these things were important. But they found a half-empty bottle of Gatorade, two men's shirts, a teddy bear, a girl's hug and kisses sweater, men's toiletries, two carrying bags, and two folded drapes. But then they figured out that these items had been put there the night before. Literally don't know how this is related at all, but it was in every article and none of them go into detail about why these things are important or how they knew they ended up there the day before. A very odd assortment of items. Yeah. I don't know. It was, they made it sound like it was like staged, like it was purposely put there for the police to find, but why? Yeah, I mean, well, not even that, but did any of those items belong to Cassie or Brandon? Don't know. Judy put up a $1,000 reward, hoping for more leads that would help find her daughter. They did get, like, the typical people saying they saw her at Walmart or a local convenience store, but they couldn't confirm those sightings. Now, in September of 2019, so we've moved... Five years. Five years. A news station called KATV reported that Brandon sent them a letter in which he wrote, and this is in quotes, I am willing to do whatever it takes to bring closure to Judy and once and for all put this Cassie case to a close. There is only so much a man can keep bottled up inside. It's a it is time the truth was presented to everyone. 
Okay. That's but he sure. later denied having any involvement or ever saying that. Okay, but could they, like, genuinely trace the letter back to him? Yeah. Okay. Because he was in jail at the time. Oh. Well, four. We'll get to it. In January of 2021, the FBI reopened their case into Cassie's disappearance when a TikTok video went viral of a girl who looked very similar to Cassie. In the video, a young girl with dark hair and two black eyes is like sitting in the backseat of a car while two men are talking off camera. Like a lot of agencies came together to identify this girl in the video. And they found it was not Cassie. It was a woman named Haley Grace Phillips from Los Angeles. And Haley shared a video on Instagram stories identifying herself as the girl in the video and shared that it was the video was taken like right after she had been robbed. That's why she had two black eyes. Cassie's family was disappointed that she was not the girl in the video, but they were glad for the renewed attention that it brought their daughter's case. Currently, investigators have not ruled out anyone as a suspect, and their primary lead is Brandon. Some articles said he was even named a person of interest. Makes sense. Right. Brandon has been jailed multiple times since Cassie went missing. Once in 2015 on drug charges and again in 2019 for theft, firearm possession, and driving with suspended license. It has not been revealed what they may have against him, if anything, that leads them to believe he was involved with Cassie's disappearance. In 2019, he also said in an interview that he never even saw Cassie when she came home that night yeah, on that, September 14th. Yeah, but the kid said that he, he did. Yeah. And again, he denied being involved. This was the interview he was giving after the letter thing came out, and he was saying, I don't even know what they're talking about. I never even saw her that night. So he's going back to his original story. Yeah. He is currently being held at Independence County Jail for conspiracy to commit capital murder in, unrela in an unrelated case. Mm. <laughs> okay. Cassie's brother, Chris Newman, believes Brandon had something to do with it. Judy used to believe the same thing, even saying that Cassie and Brandon did not get along at all, but now she does not think he was involved. Are they? But she's not saying why she doesn't think he's involved. Judy did break up with Brandon shortly after Cassie went missing, saying that he was very controlling. Currently, Cassie is listed as endangered missing. She was 15 when she was last seen. She is believed to have been wearing a spaghetti strap top, black and white plaid shorts, blue and gray cowboy boots with like two to three inch heels she was five foot three a hundred pounds and her hair was dyed a strawberry blonde and she had blue eyes now remember those details she had a sideways heart-shaped birthmark on her left arm and a scar on the left side of her face that started like on her cheek near her nose 
if you have any information, Bobby's looking very confused. Yeah. Uh, how do you describe a sideways heart-shaped birthmark? Is it just a line? Like, if you draw a heart on paper and you turn it sideways, it's just a line. Not, how, as, not as... Oh, you mean like 90 degrees. It's a heart just positioned sideways. <laughs> Gotcha, so the top is actually facing a side. Yes. Yes. Like 90 degrees. He was thinking like (laughs) three-dimensional. Okay. If you have any information about Cassie, please call the Stuttgart Police Department at 870-673-1414. But before Bobby does his spiel about it being the end of this podcast... There is another woman that is missing in Stuttgart. 40-year-old Miranda Michelle Owens. And some people believe these two cases might be related somehow. This is because both Cassie and she went by Michelle walked all over town and may have known the same people. I'm going to tell you about Michelle's case on my next Missing Persons episode. And you can see truly how different the cases got treated because of what they looked like, their ethnicity. Because Cassie is a white, blonde, blue-eyed girl, and Michelle is an older black girl with mental disabilities. Gotcha. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you let us know. Hit the follow button. Leave us five stars. Don't forget to share the show with someone you know, family member, a friend, a coworker, whoever. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that by joining our Patreon. Uh, we put out bonus episodes every other weekend, or every other week, and uh, we've been adding in some additional bonus content on there. And you'd get a shout out on the show and our eternal gratitude. So, yeah. All that stuff said. Any final thoughts, anybody? Well, I think Brandon did it. I also believe that my first assumption that he left for hours to get cigarettes was really he left for hours to do drugs. Mm. He's arrested for it. All right. Well, uh, one last thing. If you have a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com, and uh, we'll see y'all back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.